0: everybody it's been a while since I've gone live now and I am going to be recording this for a podcast episode as well and basically today I wanted to talk to you about the school summer holidays coming up because obviously the holidays are coming up and I wanted to ask my good friend Katie to hop on because she is a mum of two and just to get her advice on the summer holidays and how to really support your goals. He will be joining me in a second. Um, And I think what's really important here is to discuss the fact that it might be six, I she is, six, seven, eight maybe weeks of your life that's going to happen every single year and how to actually support your health and fitness goals whilst they are going on. Hello, hello, Katie. Hello, lovely. How are you? I'm very well. How are you?
1: I'm superbly well. I love this topic of conversation so much. When you invited me, I was like, I really cannot wait to talk to you because I am a mom of, I think you said, two kids. I have two jobs. I have a massive dog. I'm building a house. And I think, I think I'm think i going to have some, hopefully some wisdom to give you to help you reframe the
0: holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers- I thought Katie would be the most perfect person to ask because she's literally like a superwoman. I don't know how she juggles or that she does. Um, just to quickly say if anyone is hopping on live, um, my Wi-Fi might be a bit jittery, but I am still talking. and here. It's just because I'm up in the attic and my Wi-Fi box is all the way downstairs. But never mind. So let's talk about let's just get straight into this let's talk about exercise let's say for example i have a client or you have a client who has been consistently exercising because the kids have been at school it's been bliss they've been able to fit it in after the school run and then all of a sudden school stops how do we now create a new environment or a new routine for exercise when the kids are off what 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 have you done you know when your kids were very tiny so how old are they now
1: So I have a nine year old and an 11 year old, which makes me feel really old actually, because Angie's having a baby. So I feel like a mother hen to you at the moment, Angie. (laughs) specifically talking about that demographic who have the time because their kids are at school and then their kids are suddenly home. Um, I think there's something really important that you said is that they had a routine of exercise. Obviously it sounds like those women would be optimizing that time when the kids are in childcare. So whatever that may be, they are the windows of time that you've been using to train. And I think the the reason women go wrong is that we don't take enough time to plan what we're going to do when there's a change in our routine. So actually, just in the same way that you had to plan to do your exercise during sort of school times, or like for lots of the women I'm working with, actually, that's a tricky time anyway, because you might be working. So I do talk about a golden window of actually doing it before the kids get up. And then if your window is that that early slot, so say for me, it's always 6.30, even when the kids are actually off school, I'm still working. So for me, it's like my window of time is so early that it is protected because they tend to be in bed and I can just get it done. And I don't have that kind of anxiety with me all day of when am I gonna get the workout in? Because I've 100% committed. I know the days it's going to happen on. There's almost more friction once you get that habit of exercise to not turn up for that workout. Um, but I would say if you feel like there's gonna to have to be a change in routine. Just actually having that cognitive process of, ah, like if you're listening to this, just suddenly think, is my exercise routine going to be impacted upon by the holidays? And if the answer to that is yes, you need to make a plan. You can't imagine that you're gonna have the kids off for six weeks, and you're just gonna be like twiddling your thumbs and thinking, oh, shall I exercise right now? Um, Because you just won't. You'll put everybody else's needs before your own. You'll be like packing up a packed lunch to like go on your like day trip. And, you know, and then you'll probably inherit someone else's child. And before you know it, you're like taxiing them around or you're kind of like waiting for some kids to be dropped off. And then you're, you know, trying to pack up the car. Maybe you've got to get the dog out. But you're not going to find yourself doing a 45 minute strength workout, even though that's what you want to do. That's what you that's what you want to do for your goals. That's what you that's what kind of aligns with the type of person you want to be, someone who's stronger, who's living in this more metabolic body. It doesn't matter that that's what you want to do. You're going to default into being basically, in my opinion, like a slave for everybody else around you and all of their needs and wants and wishes, you basically become like this fairy that needs to magic everything okay for everybody else. And the one person that women are terrible at looking after is themselves. So you need to bubble wrap. I often talk about bubble wrap. So if you have just posed that question in your head, how will my exercise routine be affected by the holidays? If the answer is, oh, quite badly,
0: you need to bubble wrap right now. You need to make a plan because
1: going in without a plan is a terrible idea.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, I don't have children yet. But I'm just thinking, you know, when we faced lockdown, we couldn't get to the gym. Our, our schedules changed. Some of us, you know, found other alternative ways to exercise and some of us didn't, you know, and I think just really questioning what did you do at that time? Did you um, look at your time and your life as an opportunity or were you quite dismissive and just thought, oh, what's the point? And I think one thing I really want to get from you is like the mindset shift because what I tend to find is clients will often try to be perfectionists. You know, I'm going to get my gym workout or my strength workout done at home three times a week for an hour. And if I cannot do that, if I cannot match that, what's the point? And I really, really want to – Hammer home to everybody listening to this, that there is a point and the point is momentum. And it, once you begin to lose momentum, it is harder to get started. So I had to have this conversation with myself when I turned pregnant, you know, Sometimes I think, well, what's the point? You know, I'm not getting any stronger. I'm not getting any fitter. In fact, I'm going the other way. And, you know, I'm gaining some body fat. What is the point in me in exercising right now? And actually the point is because it makes me feel better. And I think reminding yourself of when the kids are off, it's okay to put yourself first and allow those moments, those 10 minutes of workouts to feel better because you are going to show up as... You know, you're going to show up as your true self, you're, you're going to show up as the, the wonderful mum that you are, rather than being annoyed, stressed out, pissed off, that the whole six weeks is centred around your children and you had no time for yourself. Like, let go of the perfectionism yeah. and look after yourself. It's okay to put yourself first. Yeah. And I think that is like, that's why if you
1: do struggle with this, it might be a really great time to work with a coach, to work with someone who gives you permission to put yourself first. Because we can all be martyrs and all like, oh, you know, but I just don't have time in the holidays. They're so hectic. You can reframe that entirely to be like, particularly if you normally work and now the kids are off, you're in that situation where you don't have to work reframe that to be like oh my goodness like not only is that a fortunate position to be in but actually that affords me all of this time to basically decide how I want to you know schedule my time decide like what time I get up in the morning like this you've got control over lots of aspects of your life and for every single person you're going to have a different scenario that's gonna suit you. So again, if you're struggling to unpick that, you might need someone to help you do that, to be like, oh, okay. It's like people when they work with Angie and I, like I'll often talk to people who are struggling. Like I'll always ideally have this aim that you're working out for 45 minutes, three times a week. But actually on the recent reset um, I just did, I started talking to the women that I was coaching and for a few of them, it just wasn't possible. So I said, well, okay, let's scale back. What can you do? Let's start with that. Where are your windows? And they were like, well, I I suppose I could do like 10 minutes every day. Brilliant, okay. So here is a 10 minute workout. You're gonna insert this at the beginning of your day. We all have 10 minutes, like hand on heart who doesn't spend 10 minutes like scrolling on Insta or, you know, just 10 minutes can be lost so easily. But my, I suppose my other tip would be if you are inserting it into the beginning of your day, you've got to put that before you go onto social media. There is no point you going down an Instagram rabbit hole for like 20 minutes which makes you feel really dissatisfied with your life you start looking at everyone else's lives oh they've got a nice body they've got a nice house like oh that's so nice when actually you'd be so much better off like redirecting that energy into what is important to you which again like if you've got this time off it might be an amazing time to start journaling and starting your day with like this morning, I'm 100% committed to, and then just write down one thing that you're 100% going to achieve, it's going to make you feel amazing. And just again, just setting that intention. So maybe it's that you're going to get your steps in, or you're going to take the kids for a big walk, or you're going to go on a bike ride that day. So again, opening up your mind to what exercise looks like. And I know about this a lot, Angie, but you know, really thinking doesn't need to be deadlifts, it doesn't need to be like you know bench press. Um, it might be like just pressing about with the kids in the garden, but for an hour you're gonna play it and then you're gonna play like football or you're gonna go for a bike ride. You want to be active. And I think the mistake that women make is, and they still make it, is that they think that they're exercising for fat loss. And it was lovely what you just said. Like say, say you just consider, imagine a world where you stop linking exercise with fat loss, like it's a happier place. You're exercising to thrive. You're exercising to feel strong in your body. You're exercising for your mental health. You are not exercising for fat loss.
0: Yeah, yeah, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And also I think just to add to that, mindset is so important and you do have to condition yourself. And this again is something that I've had to do and work on quite a lot recently is condition yourself to think about what would your future self thank you for? And I know your little quote is, what does loving yourself look like? Yeah. And there are many times throughout the day, I continually ask myself that question, even to silly things like doing the, the laundry. <laughs> like. Yeah. Would my future self thank me for actually sorting it out now or doing it you know, tomorrow when I've got no time? It would thank me for doing it now. Would my future self thank me for optimizing the fact that I've got half an hour whilst the kids are napping and going to do some kind of movement or workout, whether that's a yoga, whether that's going for a run, whether that's skipping, whether that's you know, bouncing on my kid's trampoline look really i I know you talk about glasses as well but putting on your health seeking glasses putting on your positive glasses and thinking right i've got this space of time i can optimize this now i can take this opportunity and run with it i choose to do that you have to practice choosing to do that to get better at choosing to do that it's not just something that happens like for me recently i've had to practice choosing to go to the gym because it makes me feel better i am pregnant i could sit at home and i could do nothing it's so easy but actually i feel so much better for choosing to do something that makes me feel better and i think what a lot of people are struggle with is oh well it's not perfect or i can't be bothered or i don't have enough time and then you get into such a negative mindset that actually you've forgotten what it's like to put your positive pants on and and make
1: positive choices you know And if you if you kind of reverse it, like if you think about having the kids off, you wouldn't be like, okay, kids, so I want you to sit at this desk (laughs) all day, and um, and then you're going to look at a screen, and then we're going to get you back sat at this desk, and then you're going to look at a screen, and then we're going to get you sat back. Like we instinctly know that for our children, they need daylight, they need movement, they need exercise. You know that we need to like consider what we're feeding them, but somehow we don't reflect. we need to do those things for ourselves and actually the summer holidays is a really optimal time for you to demonstrate to your children that you do cordon out some time to prioritize your health to prioritize your fitness the amount actually had an amazing little video sent to me today of my um client's two-year-old like just kind of like mucking around on her yoga mat with a couple of dumbbells and can't quite remember what he's saying but it's really cute but what she's demonstrating because you can you can say to your children it's really important that you're physically active it's really important that you eat your vegetables you don't need to say it you need to do it and you need to demonstrate doing it on a daily basis you need to demonstrate that you are sort of seeking out these healthy behaviors and I think it was really important what you just said that Angie about you know we get to do these things yeah. like we don't have to do these things but most of us like particularly if you're listening to this podcast you're probably in a position where you do get to choose how to move your body. You do get to choose what you're putting in your food basket. You do get to kind of, you know, fill up your fridge with whatever you want. And I would say that's really important as well, like coming into the summer holidays, like thinking about the food environment you're creating for yourself, and for your children, because everybody is going to be just sloping into the kitchen and pulling out whatever they find in the cupboards. And I'm not saying you have to be like a saint, but if I filled my cupboards with like ultra processed food, which is, you know, like really calorie dense and, you know, super high in sugar and salt, my children would obviously go to that food because our brains are wired for us to seek out those readily available kind of energy dense foods. The dopamine is going to be like lighting up um, in their brains. They're going to want more of it, more of it, more of it. And sometimes we're like, oh, it's fine because they're kids and they're burning it all off. But then that's also our food environment. And it's not it's not helpful for our children either like we know that like children are putting down their fat cells when they're children and kind of young adolescents those fat cells will be with them kind of for life so we need to make sure that we're creating an optimized food environment so every time you're putting something in the trolley just be like do i want this in my food environment yes or no like do I really do I need to bring this in? Does this does this fit with kind of the type of person I want to be? Is this the food environment I want to create for my children? And I'm not saying it has to be like only clean foods in the house, but I think we need to have a bit of a think that we live in this obesogenic environment at the moment. Like what type of environment is optimal for the health of everybody. And you want to future-proof your kids. So if every time they open the drawer, the first thing they see is like they can grab some crisps or they can grab some like ice gems, any child is going to do that. However, if they open up the cupboard and instead there's like some dried fruit and there's some nuts and um, there's loads of fresh fruit available and that's been cut up and put in like nice Tupperwares in the fridge or, you know, you've cut up some carrots and cucumbers and maybe together you make up some hummus or, you know, I mean, that all sounds like ridiculously like, oh, I'm so saintly. But if you start talking about that food as being delicious, as being a treat, Um, if you start exploring some exciting kind of salad veg um, recipes, if you start kind of like freezing um, big chunks of watermelon getting excited about that, or thinking about making up some nice cream, if you start using language around healthy foods that is exciting and decadent and delicious and all of those things, the children get really excited about it too. Um, So that's just like a bit of a challenge maybe If you're someone who really enjoys baking, that's fine. Maybe there is like a window there to teach them skills about feeding themselves and nourishing themselves. And of course you can just make an ordinary like brownie, but you probably don't want that as a majority food for anybody. So maybe, um, you know, you have that as a minority baking behavior, but lots of times you're thinking about, oh, we've got a picnic coming up. Let's have a think about some really exciting things we can make and then give them different options that kind of align a bit more with whatever your goal
0: is yeah yeah absolutely i'm glad you covered food environment because that was that was that was on my list actually um one of the things that i wanted to ask you and we'll move on to food now is about routine because i've had a conversation with quite a few clients recently about they struggle with there is no routine when the kids are off and what they struggle with is they feed their kids first and then when it comes to themselves they snack how would you and how did you perhaps get over that hurdle i can think of a million ways but coming from a mom of two what did you do when you know your kids are hungry mom i want this mom i want that da da, da. you're feeding them constantly when it comes to yourself you almost get to the point where you're like i can't be bothered
1: yeah. Or it's, oh, yeah, it's really, really tricky because kids are like snack monsters. And anyone who was a parent during lockdown, like it did feel like a continual buffet. And in my house, I was like, actually I'm over this. So I was like, you know, we have breakfast. And then kind of like, then I kind of closed the eating window for everybody because actually this kind of continual grazing and snuffling around meant that they weren't even eating like proper lunches or dinners. So actually maybe deciding to kind of like, not only sort of parent yourself, but also kind of parent your kids a bit. So For me, it was easier to be like, okay, so this is breakfast. And then kind of like mid morning, there could be a snack and then there would be lunch. And then kind of mid afternoon, there would be another opportunity for them to eat because kids like to eat like all of the time and then dinner. Um, so I suppose it then is just deciding like depending on like the type of day you're having are you having a majority day or are you having a minority day and again those types of food behaviors might look a bit different but you don't want every day to look like what should really be a minority day so a day that's filled with like kind of crisps and ultra processed food like that might be exciting if you're I don't know maybe you've like decided to go to the zoo one day and everyone's having like a a particularly kind of decadent packed lunch, etc. But you can't be packing up that type of lunch for your kids every single day. But it is really tricky. And I'm still not sure 100% what the right way to do it is because you need to make sure that your language around the kind of healthier foods is very similar to the language you might use around those more kind of calorie dense, ultra processed foods because you don't want to put those foods on this massive pedestal. And then, you know, that's the food that they're always wanting because you're going to be setting them up for, a lifetime of issues probably with food so you do need to find this this balance and then make sure that you don't have to be eating every time that they're snacking and maybe you want to but if you do want to I think it's really important that it's kind of planned so for me like after school I don't know what they do at school but they come home and they are ravenous so mine are at the age now where I know their food environment is like it's pretty wicked so I know they'll go in and they'll like find a half avocado or something and sit there eating it but I, I don't want to eat half an avocado so I'll have my protein shake at that time so kind of making sure that you've just got some readily available snacks that kind of align with your goals and sometimes it might be that you're eating the t- same types of snacks and sometimes it might mean that you're having your protein shake and they're having like some yogurt and some fruit maybe and You know, you don't always have to be eating the same food. There is something magic about trying to find meals that you all like. And then I would say having tweaks on your meals. So for example, I'm thinking, um, my guys really love fajitas. So we'll just buy like the bog standard fajita mix. And then what I tend to do is always cook up like a grain for the week because I um, definitely have a value around trying to get as much whole grain into my diet. And I'm slowly trying to get my children there, but they're not quite there yet. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with a white tortilla. And, you know, they'll, like, Kit's 11. He'll probably, like, eat three of those now. I don't need that amount of energy from kind of, like, a white processed tortilla. And the majority of the time, I will go for whatever my pre-cooked grain is. So I'll dish up, like, a fajita bowl. So I'll have a load more salad. I'll still have, like, the turkey mince fajita, just with packet mince, uh, packet mix loads, loads of vegetables, loads of variety. And then I will probably put my whole grain rice in that sort of quarter quadrant. So I talk about quite often, I know you do too, like dishing up in like a plate method style. So we'll eat very similarly and like the protein source is probably the same, but I might switch the carb to be something a bit more lined up with my goal. But the other top tip I have for mums is we often think about prepping for ourselves, or, you know, there's a lot of stuff on social media about how you need to prep to be kind of successful. But actually, particularly during the holidays, if your kids are really fussy and fatty, and you were just like at the end of your tether and they just eat, I don't know, macaroni cheese, and you've just given up for a while, maybe giving yourself permission to prep their food. So maybe you bulk make the macaroni cheese, and then you freeze it. So not all meal times need to bend to your children. Maybe you then have the time to create and put some tokens of love into your dinner because actually at the moment you're just at a loss for words and the one thing they'll eat is this and this. So when you're making their staple meals obviously you're going to be trying to move them around to your way of eating but I actually would say sometimes for mums it might be easier to prep your kids meals and have frozen varieties that you can defrost like little pesto, um, ice cube trays. So make some fresh pesto, maybe jam in as much as you can, then freeze it into like little portion sizes. So you can still be thoughtful about what they're eating. You don't want to have pesto like every single night and your children do. So again, thinking switching it, maybe you prep your meals fresh and maybe you cook up some grain, you know, roast some vegetables, help yourself out, but don't always it towards the children.
0: Yeah, really, really helpful, all of that. Like, absolutely. And also I think just, um, I was just thinking about one of my friends who's got a little girl actually, and she doesn't really like anything with flavor. So she'll literally just eat cucumber and pasta. You know, she's at that very young age where any kind of flavor throws her off. And we were talking the other day and she was talking with me about struggling with food. And I said, well, you know, you look at those two, two bits of food, could you not do something with that i.e cook enough enough pasta for the both of you then you can just throw your chicken in or your tuna in you know you can have a little side salad with it so therefore you've prepped her meal and your meal you know at the same time so almost like if they do want macaroni cheese and you just think oh my god i can't be bothered having things readily available for you as well sometimes to maybe just have a little bit of macaroni cheese but can you have some you know, frozen veg with that that you've just microwaved to heat up? Yeah. And then can you add, like, you know, just slap on a piece of mackerel or something that's already smoked and cooked and just kind of makeshifting a meal and thinking, right, that's my, you know, my balanced plate of food. I've got my protein. I've got my carb. Yeah, OK, it's not perfect, but, you know, at least I'm hitting some targets there. Yeah. So I think that's also helpful. Yeah, Angie, I mean, you're just going to, you're going to nail this thing. we <laughs> <laughs> see. It
1: is important that kids see that we're not fatty, that we're not kind of always creating these like completely different plates of food. And I would say like nine times out of 10, we're sitting down as a family. We're pretty much eating the same dinner but it might be that it's just portioned out differently so if you're working with Angie and I like that's one of the main things I think people get from working with the coaches you can eat absolutely anything but you've got to kind of understand what your macronutrients are and you've got to understand how to kind of portion and plate things up because yes you can have the macaroni cheese and I loved that actually it reminds me there was um, a client I'm still working with and she did exactly that her child had macaroni cheese and she added, I think it was like smoked um, salmon flakes. And then she had like a massive salad. So it completely aligned with the way she wants to move with her health and her, her nutrition journey. But it also was a lovely joint meal with her little one. And I would say if you have kids, like the best things you can do to get them exploring flavors is a dose don't make like a massive thing about it like if they don't want to eat it that's fine but also if you've got that opportunity of like picnics or kind of alfresco eating or just eating at the dining room table the more you can let them control what they're putting on their plate like fill the table with loads of different things make it colorful make it vibrant check your language around vegetables like oh my goodness this broccoli is amazing because maybe you've stir fried it and then sauce in there and you know garlic or whatever and you know just you both like maybe you and your partner or you alone are just like oh this is really delicious and have it there as a serving dish they might one day and they might not initially because kids are cautious and I think that is evolutionarily probably really important and protective but eventually their little taste palettes will start advancing and they will start to become more adventurous and mm-hmm. um, you know, things like hidden tomato, um, veg sauces, popping in some anchovies in tomato sauces. So like tonight, for example, um, me and my husband will be having like a tomato-based sauce which I will grate uh, carrot and courgette into. There'll be fresh herbs, there'll be garlic. I will put in some hidden anchovies, which is a great way to get oily fish into children without them knowing, because it dissolves and it gives a nice salty flavor. And then they'll have theirs probably with, they really like brown rice spaghetti, so it's a great way to get whole grains into them. And I'll just add in, and frozen cooked seafood, so like squid, prawns, etc. So they'll eat it without the seafood because they're near the eleven-year-olds. Nearly there with a the prawn, but you know it's early days. So again, just kind of be gentle with yourself. Stop trying to be so kind of perfect, and just
0: yeah, thinking a bit creatively, but don't make more work for yourself. What well, um, what tips do you have? Because this is a common question that comes up for a lot of clients. Is when I'm at home. I just pick on food. So when I'm in the summer holidays, you know, the kids might be annoying me and I'll just find myself in the kitchen. I'll be picking on a biscuit or, you know, I'll just need to get five minutes piece. So I'll go and pick on their sweets and do that. And before they know it, they've inhaled all these different types of foods, these sweets, these quick confectionery type foods. What, mindset tips or what tips do you have around that kind of behavior for you know mums or dads that have got kids you know because these foods might you know some people might just buy them uh, you know in terms of their food environment yeah and it's not wrong to have them in your food environment i actually think it's a really
1: lovely sign that you've got a really healthy mindset when the food can be in your food environment but you don't feel this compulsion you don't have this little voice saying eat me eat me (laughs) like the
0: sweet cupboard is full this is the (laughs) This is the thing some clients do. Some clients will tell me, oh, you know, I can't have those. The kids have got uh, chocolate biscuits in the cupboards and they're just screaming at me, eat me. So what's your advice? Because obviously six weeks at home and mums are thinking, shit, they're going to have biscuits. What am I going to do? Well, I would say firstly, like if if
1: the biscuit cupboard is calling to you and you have a fat loss goal, you really need to change your goal to an improved relationship with food because there is no point you seeking fat loss. Because if you... (laughs) Biscuit cupboards that are talking to you you have got a lot of work to do on your mindset if you want to make meaningful change so firstly the reason the biscuit cupboard is calling to you is because you have probably had a broken relationship with food you've been uber restrictive biscuits aren't allowed and that's why the biscuits have got a voice suddenly and I know Angie I think you've been there I have a hundred percent been there like literally uncomfortable in the knowledge that the house and i better eat it all because oh my god i'll probably like leap into being uber restrictive again tomorrow and if i get rid of it all now so if any of that resonates with you and you're thinking that you need fat loss you need to like stop and you need to reflect on the fact that you've got some work to do with your relationship with your body and your relationship with food and that journey that work is going to be life transforming for you so just take a moment and if that does resonate you know, do you reach out to a coach and start working on your mindset and your relationship with food? Because there's lots of people. And I often think if you look at, if you look at guys, actually, often they, they don't have such emotional relationships with food. I don't think if I said to my husband, Tim, does the biscuit cupboard ever call to you? And like it just be like, no, it
0: doesn't even enter his head. Brad. Completely opposite. I cannot. I cannot put a bar of chocolate in the house. He will demolish it. We have dark chocolate, and last week, for the past two weeks actually, he said I've not eaten it all. I was like, I know. He's he is what I call a complete finisher. If we have biscuits, crisps, anything, can't buy them. He's eaten them all. They're gone. <laughs> but yeah,
1: I wonder—is it coming from an emotional place though? Because I think with women, you're often eating because the feeling of maybe not enoughness I think there's there's a moment and I'm actually going to start um I'm creating like a member space and in it I'm going to have some kind of um things that you can work through to start actually unpicking basically why you've got these emotional eating behaviors so if you are kind of going in and eating a biscuit you've got to start kind of naming the emotions you're feeling is it that there's Kind of a feeling of discontentness are you feeling bored um are you feeling frustrated are you kind of like eating to kind of numb an emotion that you're not kind of really able to voice at the moment and actually just taking a moment and being like Put a little barrier. I often talk like about putting like a little bump in the road. So notice the voice and the voice is like, go to the biscuit cupboard, go and eat a biscuit. And actually take a moment to be like, okay, like you can even talk to yourself out loud. It sounds ridiculous. But like, I hear you that you want a biscuit. Um, Like an annoying kid, you wouldn't be like, you want a biscuit, here, have a biscuit. You'd probably be like, well, actually you're gonna wait till snack time. So similarly say, yes, you can have a biscuit. You can have it in half an hour. And then you're going to have it, and I talk about like habit pairing. So you're gonna have a biscuit. Maybe that isn't like totally in line with this kind of health seeking goal you've got at the moment. So why don't you have that biscuit with some Greek yogurt Um, and make a nice cup of tea and actually see this as a moment and an opportunity to nourish yourself. So try not to eat. If you're always eating, standing up, you're not really getting any satisfaction from that food. So notice that you've got this desire for this biscuit and it's fine to want to eat the biscuit even if you're not hungry. Like maybe there is like, you know, there's some satisfaction in the crunch and the enjoyment, but it might be a note that you just need to love yourself a bit more and you need to give yourself a moment. So put the kettle on get the biscuit or get I always have a two biscuit rule I can never eat one it's always two um and then pair it with something so maybe be like I really fancy a biscuit but I'm trying to work on Im- increasing my protein so I'm gonna have that biscuit and I'm gonna have it with like I love five percent Greek yogurt it's just like yeah. for me just the sweet spot um so you know have it with that and then you know what you're gonna feel satiated you're not going to be looking for biscuit two or three. I think I could probably get away with one if I had it with a Fajr yogurt. Um, and you're going to feel like, actually, damn it, girl, you've done good. You've just gone and voted for being the type of person. Who's getting more protein in so you've linked a behavior that maybe isn't desirable that you don't feel aligns with this kind of new healthy person you are with a desirable habit and you've gone and nailed it and the next time you get that craving for a biscuit it will prompt you to be like oh it felt really good when i had that with a yogurt so i'm going to do that again and you're going to repeat it because it's rewarding
0: yeah i think um one of the things that i sort of provide clients is we call it a body scan so when you are doing that behavior like i used to be terrible for eating when i was tired so if i was really exhausted after doing teaching classes and then i knew i'd be in for the evening i would eat because i was tired and actually it wasn't until i started practicing doing the body scan literally stepping away from the cupboard putting my hand on my chest and asking myself what am i feeling right now i'm feeling tired what solution you know can I get uh, that's going to provide me with more energy? Actually, taking a rest versus yeah. eating this food. So, really allowing yourself to name and do so without shame. So, what I mean by this, this actually happened to me yesterday, and I laughed at myself because I thought, I wish I'd just taken a video of this. I, um, why is it always washing with me? But I was, I was meant to go and get the washing in, you know, it was the evening. And it's <laughs> been Andy, like once the baby comes, you're washing. I gonna... know, <laughs> oh, but I um I stood in the kitchen. I was like, oh, I need to get that washing in, and before I knew it, I'd taken out a punnet of cherries. Yes, it could have been worse, but I'd taken out a punnet of cherries in the fridge, and I was just stood eating them. And I named it and I laughed and I thought, this is procrastination. I don't want, I can't be bothered to go and get that washing in because it's an adult job and I don't want to adult right now. So I'm going to stand here and eat some cherries. Like, yes, like cherries are healthy, whatever. It could have been worse. But at the end of the day, I was eating because I was procrastinating. And I named it. And I laughed at it and I thought, this is a a behavior that serves me. I put the cherries back and I went and, you know, put my big girl pants on and and got the washing in. So I think it's really important that if you are catching yourself, you know, nibbling on the kids' sweets or eating their leftover popcorn, name it and don't shame it. Apply curiosity and say, well, why am I doing this behavior? (laughs) Why am I doing this behavior and, you know, what what could I be doing instead? And what what do I actually need to do to show up for myself? And sometimes it's, we want, we've got something really hard that we need to do, (laughs) without an innuendo, and, um, you know, and and actually making that happen. Because sometimes it's hard to do hard things, but we just have to, we're adults, so we have to crack on, you know? And again, it's turning that into a positive. I'm gonna do this because my future self will thank me for getting the washing in now, instead of nine o'clock at night, you know, when I'm in my pajamas.
1: Yeah. And I think for women, like during the holidays, there's something about food and booze, where you're treating yourself for doing a hard thing. So is, you know, I'm not gonna deny it. Like if you were trying to work during summer holidays, which I know loads of women are, you are juggling, like it is a nightmare. Like most of the women I work with, you know, they won't be having the holidays off. They will be working it. So the kids are around. And you're working and you need to treat yourself and it's just so easy to treat yourself with food and wine and like it treats you in the moment it feels like it's very soothing but it's not going to be treating you in the long run and i often say to women that i'm working with you know can you name like i don't know five other ways that five other things that would feel like a treat and actually, that might be negotiating, like, if you do have a partner, you know, it might be actually negotiating your workout time, which is going to be one of my tips, actually, like, if you do have a partner, if you're not like lone parenting, acknowledging with your partner that this is important to you, and finding that time that will be uninterrupted, that has been a kind of agreed and, you know, it works the other way as well. Both people probably need to find that their, their time slot, agreeing it, like if your children are young, and they can't be put in front of a device for Forty-five minutes, um, or whatever it is, ten minutes, agreeing who's on kind of kids whilst you're looking after yourself. But yeah, um, I can't even remember my train of thought there. What was I saying, Angie? About um, alcohol, about treating yourself ah, yeah. to alcohol and food. You know, it's not surprising that you yeah look to treat yourself with food and booze, but notice that. And I think there's this whole it's really important like i noticed that i'm always rewarding myself with booze ultimately actually that's derailing me looking after myself so thinking about what else is a treat maybe it's a bath with a book maybe it's an early night maybe it's a walk with a friend you know what do you actually need i've actually there behind you but i bought myself some peonies the other day and i was like you know we've got to look for non-food based treats so maybe it's like oh actually i've had a really good week this week like i've I really feel like, you know, I did reach for the biscuit, but I popped in a little bit of protein. Um, I feel like we've moved every day. It's phenomenal. I've done like a 10 minute workout three times. That's definitely moving me and nudging me in the direction of travel I wanna go. I'm gonna buy myself some flowers or, you know, to be physically spending money it might be um just give yourself a break maybe it's that you let yourself go to i don't know a yoga class maybe you know it has to be something that feels like a treat maybe you get to watch like three episodes of something trashy on telly like just something that's not food based like if you only have a repertoire of food-based treats you need to extend your repertoire out and think actually what is a treat for me and not just a treat in the moment but a treat for my future self
0: yeah, absolutely. I call them your joyful tools. So what joy- joyful tools do you have in your toolbox? Like what what else brings you joy other than food? For me, it's being able to sit and read a book, watching crappy TV. I actually really love doing collages. So sometimes I'll go off and do a collage, um, watering my house plants, things like that. Little things that bring me joy. And sometimes I actually have to force myself to do things because it's easier to have a bar of chocolate. But, in life, when is it ever the easiest things that make us feel better? It's not. It's usually the harder things, you know? Yeah. Um, just before we finish, one thing I was going to ask you is about, obviously, mums are going to be, not all mums, but some mums are going to be going out more, going to that countryside centre, going to that National Trust place, going to here, going to there, taking their kids out all the time, and they're exposed to a different food environment. What tips and advice do you have for people who... Uh, perhaps just go, oh, sorry, I'll just have another cake for lunch or, oh, sorry, I'll just have, you know, the crisps that the kids haven't finished. What advice do you give for 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 that?
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's going to come down to your mindset, isn't it? Like, you can do all of those things at 100%. Give yourself permission and then reflect and get curious about whether you really want to do those things. And it is transformative. Like, if the one thing you take from listening to this is, like, give yourself permission to act... Uh, in whatever way you like around food, like have whatever food behaviours you like, you know, go out every single day, go to, you know, it sounds great, all these middle class people like nipping out to the National Trust, but you know, you've always got choices and options and 100% you can go out and have cake every day, but then you also have to be 100% okay with taking responsibility for the action of, the likelihood is the energy density and having cake every day is gonna lead to you adding to your fat stores, like, Is that cool with you? Like, yeah, no, I'm not sure. Like just taking a moment to kind of just own it and own your action and realize that you've always got choices. And actually maybe your majority behavior is you don't have cake. And then a minority behavior is sometimes you do and you really enjoy it guilt-free. And it's going to really depend on where your mind is and how, what your relationship with food and your body is like. But you just might need to go on a journey. So take fat loss out of it don't make it kind of around or I'm not having cakes, I'm trying to lose fat. Maybe be like, actually, I'm not having cake today because actually there's not a fuck it yes cake on the menu for me. Like none of those cakes really float my boat. Actually, they look a bit, you know, sometimes in garden centers, a little bit dry. Or maybe a slice of cake is enough or maybe a slice between me and the kids. Like all of us have got way too much sugar in our diet already. And maybe that's a great way to demonstrate to the kids. Look, I'm having a piece of cake. I'm sharing it with you. We're all enjoying it, but none of us need like a slab as big as our, our as our heads. And then the other thing to reframe is if you are going out and you're like visiting, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, like some beautiful castle or whatever. It's a great opportunity to make a packed lunch yeah. and save some money. These places are massively. Uh, expensive to go to, you are going to end up eating something that's probably not going to be as delicious as you prepping something. And when I say prep something, it can be as easy as buy a cooked protein. So that can be plant based, it can be animal based, you know, get like a pre-cooked grain, there's about a zillion of them around at the moment. Is it as good as cooking it from scratch? No. Is it a little nudge towards being the type of person you want to be? Yes. Grab a bag of salad, like you literally, you don't even need a kitchen. Sometimes I've worked with lots of people recently that don't have kitchens. And I'm like, it's still phenomenally easy. You get a cooked form of protein. You get like a pre-cooked form of grain. You get a fresh salad. There's those amazing like rainbow salads you can get. And then you you know can squeeze on some lemon or get like a little bit of dressing, get a jam jar learn that it's like um, three parts oil to one part vinegar and add some flavor like little things like that screw it up take it with you Um, you'll save money your packed lunch will be delicious Uh, make a jar salad make something that delights you like a little like little tokens throughout the day that are telling you that you love yourself like I think that is important in summer holidays like if you wake up and you've managed to prep yourself some breakfast it's like It's like, oh, I do love me like that was really kind. And then if you go to the picnic and again, if you're sharing food, make sure the food that you're taking is lining up with your goal. Doesn't mean you can't taste the other foods. Of course you can, but there's make the salads exciting. I'm going to post more salads, but there's like an amazing broccoli and cranberry salad that I've been making. So it's raw broccoli and then there's a really creamy garlicky dressing and like I would use that so get excited about vegetables vegetables do not have to be boring monitor your inner narrative about what you think about the foods you're eating so it will massively impact on how satisfied you're feeling and your beliefs around the food you're eating but you'll you'll feel like you're thriving you'll feel like you're winning and you massively need to see the summer holidays if you're reframing it as a brilliant opportunity yeah to improve the the health of all of the family because maybe if you, particularly if you've got a bit more time
0: yeah absolutely I'm really glad you said that at the end and I love the picnic idea in fact I had this conversation with a client the other day and she was talking about she had um I think it was a sports day or something and all the mums traditionally had got together and it was a bit of a piss up and you know they'd buy all sorts of uh, different foods crisps peanuts all the sorts to just pick on and I just said to her I was like picnics are a perfect opportunity <laughs> for you to 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 plate up exactly what you want you get to take your own food you know you you don't have to eat whatever they've provided you can actually choose yourself and you know we discussed M&S I think is great you know you can just go in and grab the little boxes already made for you so yeah and um, what I was going to say there was about oh it's just gone now It was about mindset and I can't, now it's just disappeared. It will come back to me in a second. I think just remembering that you get to choose, like you choose to take your body
1: composition into whatever direction you like. I would 100% say, like, you know, obviously you do get to choose, but I would uh, really say to women as well during the summer holidays, your top value might not be aesthetics, So your top value during the summer holidays, it might be that your only, you know, your top value is how you look. But actually, if you really realistically reflect, and at the moment in my stories, I've got like um, like a little values worksheet, if you like. So if you're trying, if you're struggling to know what your top values are, just think what are the top three things that are most important to me during the summer holidays? And maybe they're gonna be family. Maybe it's gonna be connection. Uh, Maybe it's gonna be good times. And it's gonna be very tricky possibly if one of your top values isn't just basically aesthetics and how you're looking to maybe prioritize making the choices that you would need to make to create a calorie deficit, to get into fat loss. And me and Angie are obviously, you know, we can, we can help you go on whatever journey you want to go on with your body. You have to be massively realistic and reflect about whether your goal of fat loss is actually in alignment with what are your top values and life is ought to be like really worried for a lot of us about, you know, losing a bit of fat. Is that worth it at the sacrifice of other opportunities and experiences we might go for the summer holidays? But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be still with your health seeking eyes on, because again, the reason Angie and I want you to move more train regularly, nourish better. It is, it's, it's not about fat loss. It's about feeling incredible because if you're not doing it, I don't know if I can even explain how good it feels when you're like, I've got a pattern of movement, nourishment and training that I love. I feel like I never have to go on a diet again. It's just like little minor tweaks if I want to tap into my fat stores. Because if you're not at that magic level yet, there's an amazing journey
0: you need to go on to get there. And then the summer holidays will feel like a breeze. Yeah. I think um, what I was going to say, and this very much uh, connects with that, is number one, see this summer holiday. So if every single summer holiday that you've had in the past has gone horrendously wrong, you've gained 10 pounds, and you know all of your behaviours have not been in line with your values, then think about this year as an experiment. This is your experiment. And I love using the word experiment because I think it it allows for mistakes to happen. You know, If you're setting yourself up for a perfect plan, mistakes are gonna happen, you're gonna get pissed off and probably go completely off plan. If you focus on, okay, I've got six weeks to experiment this year, how differently can I change it? Can I focus more on health versus fat loss? You know, And is that gonna help me to move in the right direction versus focusing on, on fat loss, screwing it up on the first week and then thinking, well, wow, I've got five weeks, I may as well you know, sod it all yeah. out. And also thinking about um, having a baseline. So you very much said this and I kind of frame it in a different way. You have this baseline where you build these behaviours. So you're eating three meals a day. You're having maybe one to three snacks a day. You're eating more protein, etc. Try and continue with that baseline throughout the summer holidays. And don't be afraid to get flexible with it. Like we said about the macaroni cheese thing. Like it's okay to switch things out. But whenever you have a typically bad day where you, like hashtag fall off the wagon. Return to baseline the next day. The worst thing that you can do is shame and guilt yourself and say, well, now I need to restrict. No, sack that off. Maybe the summer holidays is not a good time for you to focus on fat loss. Maybe it would be as I call maintenance that actually this summer holiday, do you know what? I'm not going to be able to get to the gym. We've got loads of social events going on. You know, the kids come first; they're my priority because I don't get to see them much when I'm at work. Okay, those are you know those are things that are really important to me. But how can I make sure I do you know the minimum amount to take care of myself and keep showing up to myself and keep that going because that's going to help me maintain all of the habits that I've been building whilst they've been at school, you know, looking, looking at meeting yourself 20% of the way, instead of doing, you know, 80, a hundred percent of, of, things.
1: Brilliant. And yeah, I think we've nailed it. Hopefully, everyone we've nailed it. Very, very <laughs> awesome. And they're all excited about the summer holidays, but I do think, you know, again, like home programs. I mean, obviously that's what I do. That's my thing. Like you might not have, you know, like you said, you might not have time to go to the gym you can get phenomenal results with not only like body weight, but kind of home workouts. So again, like I've got free like home workouts. Angie, I know you have. So again, just like YouTube, that like, you don't even need to work with Angie and I obviously would like it if you did. <laughs> and if you don't, Like there's plenty of free material out there, but it's finding something you enjoy. You've got to enjoy the process of looking after yourself and you've got to untie that from fat loss because fat loss is like, yeah, it's so yesterday now. Um, And I think you just need to always be thinking about like, how today can I love myself more? And if you've had a massively social amazing day, which didn't line up with whatever goal you've got, it's like you just said, it's your reaction to that event that causes the problem. It's not the event itself.
0: And I'm noticing the time, Angie. Yes, <laughs> we are going to have to shoot. Um, just to quickly add, if anybody's following the Peach Club program, remember, you can just switch to the home workout program or ask for gym and home. So anyone's oh, listening to this, who is my client, who's like, oh, no, what about the, some holidays? Remember, just ask me to put the home program in your in your app as well. Right. That's phenomenal home workouts. Like I know you I've seen you do them and
1: like they, I mean, it's all I do. And you know, I'm not saying I've got like this incredible, like, you know, whatever, but as in they are, you know, they are so effective. So don't be thinking like, I can't get to the gym. Like you can do so much at home. And like, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, like yeah don't let that be a barrier at all it's yeah. phenomenal and if you've got someone who's programming it properly for you you know you're going to get phenomenal results Angie thank you for having me on
0: thank you for coming on that has been amazing and I hope anyone listening um has got a lot from that and if anybody wants to throw us any questions maybe you want to DM uh Katie directly then you absolutely can I know she would be happy to help you um but yeah thank you so much and have a lovely day go enjoy bye some bye yeah. <laughs> bye